Welcome to this sample audio clip, which comes from the Conversations series featuring multi-hull pioneer Jim Brown. In this segment, Jim interviews sailor and yacht designer Chris White about a few of Chris's newest applications for catamarans and why many are attracted to the cruising lifestyle. To find out more about this historic multi-hull oriented audio series, please visit us at www.outrigmedia.com. Jim and Chris, this is great to have you guys on the phone. Okay, Chris, you and I have known each other for a long time. I think uh, back in the mid '70s, eh? Yeah, early '70s, in fact. Um, uh huh. Started started building uh, the Sea Runner in '71 and uh, launched it in. Um, oh, maybe I built it. No, I started building it in '73. Launched it in '74. In and met you probably in '70. Uh, uh, as I was heading south. So, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, and we've we've worked on some wonderful projects together, including Constant Camber. I think the listeners should know that there's a lot of Chris White and Constant Camber. <laughs> we, uh, we did the, the SIB project and the Boosie Cat, and then uh, you went right on to your own magnificent trimaran, the Juniper. Yeah, and uh, and I guess uh, coming from trimarans as we both were at that time, I've I've always been interested in why you you uh, made the transition into catamarans when you hung your shingle out as a as a designer in Sirius. Um, it uh, I think it started out with with catamarans, and so tell us a bit about your stable of designs. I know you've done trimarans too. Okay, well, um, just a quick note before we get into that question is um, on Juniper. Uh, I saw Juniper three weeks ago in Nantucket where she crossed her outbound track on a circumnavigation. Uh, hey. the, uh, the owner, Hank DeVeld, who, uh, who I sold the boat to after owning Juniper for 25 years, uh, bought her here in Massachusetts. Um, and took her over to Holland to do some work on her before he set off around the world. And he stopped in Nantucket for a week waiting for weather. So he came back uh, to Nantucket, came, coming up from Panama through the Bahamas and uh, to Nantucket, which is where he actually crossed his outbound track. So that marked uh, the completion of her of, uh, Juniper circumnavigation. And she turned 30 uh, a month before. So um, there were two little milestones on, on Juniper. And I had a chance to go through the boat quite thoroughly. And uh, she's, you know, she needs a cosmetic refit. But structurally, the boat's absolutely fine. There's nothing at all wrong with her. Hank loves the boat. Uh, we got quite a bit of interesting stuff from him, including some recordings about... Uh, his experience with the navigators in Pulawat 
and sailing uh, in gale conditions in the southern oceans and going through the Aleutian Islands and all kinds of crazy things that he's done with the boat and with the boat and the that he's owned her. Yeah, all kinds of things he's done with that boat, Chris. And it was his personal sixth circumnavigation? Sixth circumnavigation, five of them single-handed. This one was primarily single-handed. He did have a guy that sailed with him just recently from Panama up into the Bahamas. They went up you know, hard in the wind through the Windward Passage and up into the Bahamas, and his friend got off in Nassau. But I think most of the rest of it was single-handed. Anyway, well, let's identify uh, Juniper, uh, Chris. Uh, t uh, tell us a bit about the boat for the listener. Well, she is um, uh, a trimaran, 52 feet long, uh, constant camber construction, uh, which I started building in 1979. And at that time, she was one of the first big constant camber boats and uh, was vacuum bagged from uh, white cedar, triple diagonal white cedar, which is locally known in North Carolina and Virginia as Juniper, so that's how she got her name. And, um, you know, a long and skinny boat, uh, catch rigged. It's, you know, she's a great boat, although, like so many trimarans, it's a little bit uh, scant on accommodations considering the real estate it takes up, which sort of plays into the other question of why I got into cats, and, and that's primarily it. You know, if the, if the trimarans had as much accommodation space as a cat for the same general length and or construction cost, uh, you would see many, many, many more trimarans. The problem is they don't. Um, you know, in some of the smaller sizes, the single main hull of the trimaran can give you better accommodation than a very skinny hull of a cat. But once you get up into the larger sizes where the cats start having, you know, substantial bridge deck structures between the hulls, then you pick up so much more interior volume in the cat that it's a pretty tough sell uh, to make the cruising trimaran. Um, you know, it's, trimarans are wonderful boats. They're great sailing boats. There's a lot of things about them I love. I would personally love to have a 70-foot kick-ass trimaran, you know, something <laughs> 50 <laughs> feet yeah. wide, 70 feet long, powerful boat with a kind of a two-person you know, a, a very large, comfortable two-person interior, you know, with room for an occasional guest. But the problem is it it starts becoming so impractical. It's, you know, they get wide, they get very difficult to haul out because of the beam. They just take up a lot of space, which gets increasingly more troublesome to deal with. So I don't know if I'll ever have a boat like that, but that that is a continuing fantasy. Yeah, it sounds like uh, Joe Culpet's Virgin Fire. Well, that's that's somewhat similar, and I've spoken to Joe in, in the Virgin Islands about that as he struggles to find a place to haul a boat out. There's there's only one there's only one reasonably economical haul out in the whole West Indies for him, and that's um, by by a crane. Um, there are a couple of other options, some of these large dry docks, but they get quite expensive. And that's that's the problem, you know, up to 30 feet, hauling is not so difficult, uh, up to 30 feet in beam, 
you go beyond 30 feet in beam and your options start getting very, very narrow very quickly. Um, there are so many cats around these days that there are more and more 30-foot wide travel lifts in existence. Um, but you get over that and it gets tricky. Yeah, that's why uh, Doug Jane here at Reedville, Virginia, has gone to a ramp with a big hydraulic trailer for hauling out by lifting big multi-hulls from under the wing, whether cats or tries. But uh, but that's a, a unusual circumstance there. Well, there are other people doing that, and it's a great way for multi-hulls. It's just that you know there's so many boatyards who don't still don't quite get it that. There are more and more multi-hulls, and they're getting ever and ever wider. And uh, it would be, you know, worthwhile for them to have the facilities to haul out wide boats. But you know, it's slow to come. Well, um, uh, explain to me now that uh, you you have uh, described the additional accommodation space in the bridges in the bridge area of the large cats. Um, how it is that uh, you don't utilize that uh, with a uh, grand saloon, but instead uh, put the central cockpit in the middle of the boat and the pilot house aft. How does that work into your thinking? Thanks for listening. For more like this, or to obtain this complete audio conversation, come visit us on the web at www.outrigmedia.com.